It's time for JT the Brick. The years are ticking off, JT. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you're playing. You know, you got to show up. you got to play at the highest level. You're not going to win in this league. JT the Brick. Hey, Raider Nation, let that sink in. Since 2018, he has 25 interceptions. Raider fans go crazy around here when a guy gets two for the entire season. Anytime, JT, and uh, hi to all my uh, Raider fans out there. And go Raiders. And now, here's JT the Brick. Big show today. Thanks for joining us. Hour number two on Raider Nation Radio, the flagship of the Silver and Black. JT with you as the Raiders have had Arguably the most productive day in free agency today, the free agent frenzy, which I'm watching now on NFL Network. My buddy Andrew Siciliano is hosting, and the Raiders made big news today. Chandler Jones comes in to be the new defensive end as Yannick Ngakwe leaves in a trade. Yannick Ngakwe to the Indianapolis Colts, a player-for-player trade bringing in cornerback Rock Yassin, who comes in. He'll be a new projected starter here for the Silver and Black at the cornerback. All earlier today, Bilal Nichols, defensive tackle of the Bears, are coming to terms with the Raiders. That will be announced. A rock-solid defensive tackle who is young, has all his upside in front of him as the Raiders lock him up. Carl Nassib was released, which seems to have a lot to do with the money that he was owed and how the Raiders are trying to clear up some space. Carl Nassib designated a post-June 1st release which will save the Raiders $8 million against the cap. $3 million saved if the release is immediate. $8 million saved if it's post-June 1st, which it is designated to be. So for the Raiders, they have one of the most productive players in the league who just came in in Chandler Jones. And the numbers are staggering what he's done in this league. He's been one of the most consistent players, period. But he's 32. He just turned 32 at the end of February. And he's probably got a couple of really good years left. You know, quarterbacks now that are playing at 39, 40, 45, 43 years old, defensive players don't last that long. Their bodies get beat up. But everybody seems to think, and I haven't heard anybody say that Chandler Jones is done. He's a player that the Raiders have gone all in on. And Rocky is seen as a solid pickup. Solid pickup there. So they're bringing in some new players. Uh, My buddy... Jersey Joe Haro, who played running back for UNLV, one of my great friends who's listening, says Bilal Nichols, JT, is a monster. We'll see. He's going to have to play at that level at defensive tackle, and we'll see if he can do that. The pride of the Blue Hens of Delaware. And I'd like to spend this next hour. we got a couple of interviews coming up. Bill Williamson, longtime Raider insider, will evaluate these picks here shortly. What this means and what do you believe now with the GM and the head coach? You have to admit, it has not been very stable since Monday on this show with a lot of fans freaking out that the Raiders weren't moving fast enough in free agency. Look, the Vegas real estate market, there's no inventory. If a house goes on the market, the house is going to be off the market immediately. The analogy, and I don't do a lot of analogy radio, but I think the real estate analogy is really good here. I usually use a stockbroker, which I have been in the past analogy, but the stock market has been insanity so when the market goes down it could go down all year people aren't used to that but the real estate market in vegas has been hot and there's not a lot of inventory so when a house becomes available it sells that day or the next day so you can't leave a house out there for two or three months and say oh you know the price is going to come down in two or three months and I'll, i'll jump in when i want for that house in my neighborhood don't work that way 
It's the same thing with these guys, Dave Ziegler and what we're seeing with Josh McDaniels. They're looking at the market. It's pretty hot. It's free agency, new league year, and they're saying we need the market to come down a bit on a certain group of players, and it is, and they're making moves on them. I didn't expect a trade for Yannick Ngakwe because I don't know anybody on God's green earth who thought that Chandler Jones would be a Raider. I thought that Yannick Ngakwe would be pretty safe one year in being a productive player with Max Crosby. That's the least of the Raiders' problems is Yannick Ngakwe. But Dave Ziegler thought it was a good time to pounce on Chandler Jones and make this deal. So he's a very productive player. They won a Super Bowl with him in New England, and they're comfortable with what he can do. They're comfortable with what he can do in this system here, and it's clearly an upgrade. We bring in Raider insider, longtime Raider insider, Bill Williamson, who's kind enough to join us. And, Bill, good to talk to you. Let's begin. Were you surprised by the activity today that started off with the release of Carl Nassif, Bilal Nichols coming in from uh, the Bears before we got the big news on Chandler Jones, Yannick Ngakwe leaving, and Rock Yassin? How'd you say it? Well, you know, I'm one of those guys, JT, that's always waiting for the bomb to happen, you know. And, uh, I, frankly, I thought the first two days were a, a little slow. And so, yeah, I knew something was going to happen at some point. I certainly didn't expect or anticipate what did happen. So, yeah, it was shocking. And anybody tell you that that five-minute swing of news, uh, you know, Jones and then the trade didn't shock them, it's probably not being themselves yeah it was a it was a wild thing and i was really impressed by the creativity and really you know the, the guts of mcdaniels and ziegler to do this they they had to do something major now it's not just to keep up pr wise with the afc west it's simply to keep up yeah. with the afc west and this was a big move and this you know you can slice in several different ways, but there's not a lot of reasons to dislike it. No, I agree. Bill Williamson joins us. Let's start off with your work and what you put out today content-wise from SB Nation, Raiders release defensive end Carl Nassib. What do you think about the signing overall? Obviously, he made global news coming out as the first gay player playing in the league at that time as an active player, and I thought he shined and had a couple of big games and a couple of big plays for the Raiders, especially that Cleveland game, which was really important down the stretch, but I don't think he lived up to that contract. The Raiders went all in and paid him a lot of money. Yeah, no, I mean, he was on the team for two years. It didn't work out. He didn't live up to the contract. I, I didn't expect him to live up to the contract. He was kind of a rotational guy, but he's, one of the, he got, he's a guy who plays a premium position. And when you get the free agency, often you get overpaid. And he wasn't the only guy in that class that didn't live up to free agency expectations. I thought he was better last year. If you remember the year before, he was a healthy scratch a couple times down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought he played better last year. I kind of expected him to be released, just like I expected Littleton to be released. Now, on the other, you know, the other side of the token, I have nothing but huge respect and, frankly, I'm honored to have been able to write about him during this last year and so much respect for him as a human being. And I wish nothing but the best for him. And I thought it was a really such a positive thing and it's a great legacy for the Raiders. And this is a team that has had a history of diversity and inclusion. And I think this is just another great chapter. And I think Raider fans should be really proud that they got to witness this and, by all accounts, there was no real bumps here. 
You know, the, the deal with Gruden and when Carl took the day off, that when Gruden left the team. But that wasn't really directed. It wasn't directed at Carl per se from what we know. So I think Carl had a good experience. And if he wants to keep on playing, I don't know why he wouldn't. Hopefully somebody snaps him up. Bill Williamson's our guest. Check out all of his work at SB Nation, Silver and Black Pride. So let's go to Bilal Nichols, and you wrote about him earlier today. I like this move. Looking back, I watched a lot of video of him before the show. I like his size. I like the shape he's been in. He played with a couple of good players around him, and they talk very highly of him. He's young, and it seems like the Raiders got him at a fair market price. Mark, walk me through that deal. Yeah, you know, Folks I've talked to, you know, it's been kind of ballyhooed at the Raiders, and this is before trade and, and, and signing the Jones. But, you know, the Raiders' first splash move, and I've heard that, I, I, from what I'm hearing, it's, he's not maybe a splash guy. I think he's, you know, he's a starter um, at a good price. I think he's going to be very serviceable. He's going to give you a pass rush burst here and there. Um, and it's a good signing, but I don't know if it's like one of those, you know, mm-hmm. screaming from the rooftops. I think he's more serviceable than a star. But, hey, he has an opportunity. And I'm not knocking the deal. I'm just saying he's not the headliner of the day. And that's yeah, but he's you know. He played 64% of the snaps for the Bears, and I thought they had a better rotation and a better defensive line overall than the Raiders. So would I assume that he's going to be a front-of-the-rotation guy? He's going to start at defensive tackle, and then depending on when he comes out, he's one of the two interior starters, correct? Oh, yeah, I think no doubt about it. You know, no doubt about it. We'll see another defensive tackle probably coming because they have four free agents in Haken. I think Hakens could possibly stay. He played for... Patrick Graham in, with the Giants mm-hmm. about five years ago. But then you got Solomon Thomas, you got Jefferson, and you got um, Phylon. And I would probably think those guys are apt to go. I mean, look, I expected Doug Bradley to go after these Raiders free agents, and he's brought in two guys already in the last 24 hours and face on it and the Gawkway through the trade. So I think that Vegas to Indy pipeline may continue. Yeah, I agree. Bill Williamson, as we wrap it up. So, Rock Yassin, who's the cornerback who comes in, another guy I got to expect is going to be a starter. They're thin at the cornerback position here. Faison's gone. Trayvon Mullen will be my follow-up, Bill. What What do you believe they think? He's under salary control as a young player. He has, he's been hurt enough, hasn't been that available. Young player who's made mistakes, but coming out of Clemson has a lot of upside here. What do you think the Raiders' philosophy is now at the cornerback position as Stephon Gilmore is still out there and available? Yeah, we'll see what happens with him. I mean, that you know, that would be another good contract. You know, I mean, you're starting to kind of pile those up right now. Um, but we'll see. I, I can see it happening. It really depends on how they feel about this new staff feel about Mullen. You know, Yassin is, is a free agent uh, after this year. Mullen mm-hmm. is a free agent after this year. They might say, okay, let's go with these guys, let's see what's happening, and then kind of address that next year. But we'll see. I mean, maybe the – hey, this is wild times. We could, they could be finally finalizing something with Gilmore right now. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that Gilmore's price has gone down. No one bid on it early in that free agent legal tender period, so he could be available here pretty quickly. And then uh, one more I wanted to ask you about. When, when I look at this team, Darius Phillips was the first name they brought in. 
He's a depth corner, but a special teams player. And, Bill, I talked to someone today about this philosophy as we get to know the new leaders here of the Raiders, the head coach, Josh McDaniels, his second stint, and then obviously Dave Ziegler. A player like Phillips is a classic example of what these guys want to do. Competitive balance, a depth player who can step in and start, give you some value on special teams, and just be a really solid locker room guy and compete. And this is a guy that I don't know where he's going to end up on the roster, but they're going to use him. They're going to line him up in the slot. He might start at times, and he's going to be on special teams. Yeah, we'll see. You know, I mean, he was very uh, low priced. Um, I, you know, I heard in the agent community last week that they were getting the feeling that their Raiders are going to be bargaining hunting. And, um, you know, he certainly qualifies, and I think. You know, Nichols qualifies as well. So, hey, it's, it's get better and it, it, it's fill up the roster and, and get competition. And, I mean, that's kind of how they did it in New England. So, I don't think that's going to change here. Hey, Bill, finally, what are you suspecting with all your sources? And a lot of us, I mean, you've had a lot of sources, similar ones for over the decades with the Raiders, but it's a brand new staff. Any idea of what's going to happen with the car extension? the timeline for it, considering all the other quarterbacks that are getting extensions out there, and as you're banking and looking at these numbers, as they're trying to adjust these contracts, what, what do you think the timeline looks like for Derek Carr? Yeah, I mean, they're going to get a lot of cap relief, $20 million from uh, Nassib and Littleton, so maybe they, on June 2nd, maybe they, excuse me, address it in the summer, along with Hunter Renfro. I mean, get through, you know, add to the add to the roster now as you can, and then address those deals a little later. That's just kind of a thought and a guess, but it has to be addressed at some point, doesn't it? I mean, it, it just can't float out there. All right, good to talk to you, Bill. Busy day today. Thanks for cutting out some time for me. Yep, you see it. Take care, Jimmy. You got it. Bill Williamson right there. We appreciate him coming on. A long, long time Raider insider here on all the moves that the Raiders have made today in, in free agency. And now, again, if you know my show, if you've been listening for 20 years, 20 minutes, when a guest is done, you can call in before the next guest. It's a faster show. I don't want to keep you on hold for 20 minutes. I want to see you, get you in here, and you should all have a reaction today. And again, some fans should, I'm not talking about apologizing. We're all big boys and big girls. I think a lot of the fans here have to say, hey, you know, I, I got it wrong. I got it wrong with the Raiders. I took call after call on Monday and Tuesday that the Raiders weren't going to do anything in free agency. Nothing. Oh my God, these guys are sleeping on the job. What are they doing? And then they do something today. We're one of 32 NFL flagships. Let's act like it, like they do in other markets. When big news happens, we react quickly and we're ferocious with it because the Raiders are competing in this AFC West now that I think got a lot better. Russell Wilson being introduced, I'm watching it right now, with an orange tie, his wife, a Broncos pin. On NFL Network Live, Russell Wilson Traded to the Broncos from the Seahawks for Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, Noah Fant, and multiple draft picks. So that press conference is now, and that's going to take up a lot of energy in football today because this guy is charismatic. He's a future Hall of Famer. He's not a good player. He's a great player. Khalil Mack, a friend of the show, ends up going to the Chargers. They get J.C. Jackson, the number one prized defensive player, period, when it comes to his 24 interceptions. He goes to the Chargers, and today the Raiders react. 
by getting Rock Yassin, the starting corner, also Chandler Jones, one of the most productive edge rushers in NFL history. Uh, Bilal Nichols, the defensive tackle, who comes in from the Bears. Darius Phillips earlier in the week. And Carl Nassib is released. And Yannick Ngakwe is part of a trade there. I mean, for Yannick, this is a business, and it's a really difficult business, really tough business, because he moved here, he lives in Vegas, he loves the Raiders, loves the Raiders, and now he's gone. The only good thing I could say about this is that you're talking about a guy who's going to play for Gus Bradley going forward, and Gus did a nice job here. So it's officially the start of the NFL's new season. Uh, That happened 15 minutes ago. All trades become official and the first high profile star to meet the media right at the right at the beginning of the league year are the Broncos as they bring out Russell Wilson. You think they know what they're doing? They realize that. And here's another one that just came down seventeen minutes ago from Ian Rappaport. The Raiders are expected to sign former Patriots running back Brandon Bolden, I'm told. New coach Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler Bring in a familiar face. So Patriots running back Brandon Bolden, according to Ian Rappaport, it's not official, it's not confirmed, but it's Ian Rappaport, and he's pretty good at all this. Look at Max Crosby retweeting me and getting in there. Thank you to Mad Max. Look at that. Mad Max coming in there, getting his numbers up and helping mine as Mad Max just retweeted what I said about Yannick Ngakwe. We appreciate that because... The Raider Nation loves Yannick Ngakwe and all wish him well. Once a Raider, always a Raider for the hundreds that have liked that tweet as it's come in. We talked to Mike North a little bit earlier about the issues surrounding Bilal Nichols, the defensive tackle, as he comes in, excited about that, and just wondering what they're going to do next. Uh, Baseball at the bottom of the hour with Don Logan. For those who know Don Logan, he is a kingmaker in Vegas. He is one of the greatest sports legends in Vegas as he runs the Aviators and Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame, a friend to everybody in this city. So, uh, you know, we got to talk a little baseball and mix it in. Baseball's back. The Aviators. There's a whole bunch of rule changes that are going to take place at the ballpark. And I live across the street from the ballpark, reasonably close. Wife and I can walk to the ballpark if we like with the dog. Can't do that in the heat of the summer because it's too hot, but there's nothing more I like than to go to the ballpark on $2 beer day or night, drink cold beer, and watch Aviators baseball. Didn't get a chance to do it much, obviously, with COVID, but we're coming back, and we're excited to talk to Donnie Logan at the bottom of the hour there, Uh, maybe get in the swimming pool there in the outfield this year in the suites and everything they did. They had an amazing winter experience for the kids who were out there in downtown Summerlin, so Don Logan at the bottom of the hour. Sam and Ash are going to join us on Friday. I'm heading out Friday afternoon to go skiing in Lake Tahoe. Head there every year, and time is running out. And it's March Madness. The fraternal order of the men of khaki pants are coming to town. So get out of the way. The guys are coming. They got their rollaway bags or duffel bags. They're two pairs of khaki pants, a pair of sneakers, a pair of shoes, one college shirt, two T-shirts. They get into their room, they run to the sports book, they get their seat, they bet on every game, they order large buckets of beer, a lot of times they order bad beer, that's why I say buy Modelo, I drink Modelo on this show, get the good beer, and then when they're done, they're hammered, they go up to the room, they dress, 
They put on that one collared shirt. They head to the steakhouse of their choice. I would say go to one steakhouse at Virgin with J.O.D. or I'd go to Chef Barry's. And then they go there and they run up the tab. And then they all throw in their credit cards. No one ever picks up the tab. It's always six guys throw in, seven guys throw in their credit card. Uh, Then they come home. Some go to a strip club. Some go to nightclubs because they're not allowed to do that back home with their wives and girlfriends. They lie to their wives and girlfriends. Remember, this is the fraternal order of the men of khaki pants. They come in for the first round and second round only of the NCAA tournaments. And then when they come back from the strip club or the nightclub, they're very erratic. They pass out. They wake up the next morning and do it again. Then the next day, they run through the gauntlet. Some like to go to a pool if open. Others like to bet, bet until they run out of money. They go back to the steakhouse the second night. Same thing happens again. But the key to the fraternal order of the men of khaki pants, they pass out on Saturday night in their khaki pants because they're hammered. They set their alarms. They call for wake-up calls. They barely wake up on time. They run to the cab line. They have to wait in the cab line because they don't know how to juice and give 20 bucks to the guy at the front like I always do. They barely make their flight. They land back in their towns in the Midwest, somewhere else in the country. They lie to their girlfriends and wives and say they did nothing. They just watched games with their friends, went to a steakhouse, and they are crushed for three or four days because they can't handle Vegas. That is the world of the fraternal order of the men of khaki pants. Most women leave town, wink, wink, except for a few. And the men dominate, and they're going to take over the sports books, which we like. They're going to put their money into the Vegas economy, and they are going to have a headache for a full week when they go back home, and their wives and girlfriends will let them do it again because it's the one trip that guys are all allowed on. Vegas, March Madness, so they can become a member of the fraternal order of the men of khaki pants. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Donnie Logan joins us. And Raider fans, let's wake up. A bunch of a big events happened today. If you're Raider Nation on the flagship, Chandler Jones, a Raider. Rock Yassin, cornerback for the Raiders. We say goodbye to Yannick Ngakwe and Carl Nassib. And we welcome in Bilal Nichols, the new defensive tackle. Busy day today on a Wednesday. Wish they all were like this. The madness is here. March Madness on the flagship of the Raiders. He wants to win, and he wants to win now, and he's going to do whatever it takes. And uh, as a player, uh, that's music to yours. You know, I've been on you know, several teams now, and I understand you know, when you have a motivated owner, that really shows up everywhere throughout the organization. That's Max Scherzer, uh, newest pitcher for the Mets, as the Mets are happy to be back. Uh, they're a team expected to go far this year with Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer. JT here as baseball is underway. We're covering for an hour and a half straight the breaking news with the Raiders today, bringing in Chandler Jones, 107.5 sacks, most in the NFL since 2012. Yannick Ngakwe is gone in a straight-up trade to Indy. Coming back, Rock Yassin, the solid starting cornerback for Indianapolis. So the Raiders get a corner. They get the best uh, pass rusher available. They also released Carl Nassib earlier today. And their first move of the day is bringing in defensive tackle 
Bilal Nichols, who comes in, who could really play at a very high level and is a young player and should be the core rotation defensive tackle, one of the two starters in the interior. So a real busy day for the Raiders. I think Raider fans should be pretty happy and should be thanking Carl Nassib and Yannick Ngakwe for playing for this team. 702-365-9200. Here's Mr. Black listening in Hawaii. Go ahead. Hey, aloha, JT. What's happening? Yeah, uh, very excited about the news today. And uh, uh, Ngakwe and Nassib, yeah, you know, thanks for thanks for putting in uh, putting in all your time with the Raiders. You'll be missed, but uh, yeah, I love the, the the pick with Jones. And uh, I'm thinking I can I'm drawing a blank on his name, but what about the linebacker from Seattle? Uh, oh, Wagner. Can, yeah, yeah w- Wagner's it, Wagner's a Hall of Famer. He's a great player, and yeah, has anyone grabbed to, him or? No, not yet, not yet. And the the market's got to drop for him a little bit lower. You know, I've been following Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport today, and there's no doubt about it. Uh, that is a pleasure. Uh, that is a player expected uh, to, oh, be, man. to be great. going here at well, some point. He's a great player. Yeah. Great veteran. If we could grab him, you know, his leadership and, and he's still got a lot of juice left. So yeah, yeah I, I'm would, enjoying you, it. Yeah. I, th- thanks for the call. I, I don't know how much he has left because KJ Wright came in and he didn't have a lot left. But I thought that was a good pickup for the Raiders for a number of reasons. How about this? Adam Schefter reporting one minute ago, free agent offensive tackle Trent Brown scheduled to visit with the Seahawks. What a disaster that would be. The Seahawks are a mess. Can you imagine if they bring in Trent Brown? Someone tell Pete Carroll no. As we know, Trent Brown will not play hard unless he's playing for the Patriots. That's one thing for sure. Also, the deal, these, all these trades are official. Russell Wilson officially a Bronco as he's had a long, detailed press conference that's still ongoing. Uh, Jared in Vegas, you're up next, Jared. Let me get you up here before Don Logan. Hey, JT, how's it going? Uh, yeah, Doing I good. called in yesterday, and I was talking about, about you know, the free agency, about the uh, the horrible reaction of the sky has fallen, and I was talking about getting getting some guys, not necessarily the hogs that, that dominate the early part, but um, – I love what we're doing. I love Chandler Jones. I like it. Um, sad to see Yanni go, but, um, you know, when you have a chance to bring in someone of Chandler Jones's ilk, you go ahead and do that move. And um, I like it for a specific reason. I think a lot of times last year I saw myself, uh, both edges get up the field and sometimes pass, pass the quarterback or pass the pocket. And, um, Chandler's more of a Willie McGinnis, uh, Seymour type that's going to box in, hold the edge, and not yeah. not necessarily overrun. Um, Max is the motor, and we know that, and I think they're going to work great together. Yeah, you mentioned that. It's a really good point about securing the edge. Securing the edge is going to be a big deal, really big deal, and I think that's important for him because Jones – has so much experience at securing the edge, also being a violent player with sacks and strip sacks, but he can stop the run, secure the edge, which at times has been a disaster for the Raiders doing that. And I think Yannick, when he was here and along with Max, that's something that, you know, Max's strength is getting to the quarterback and he's going to get better and better against the rush. But Chandler Jones is a proven potential Hall of Famer who's good good at both things, good at getting to the quarterback and good at stopping the run. Right, I think they'll balance off each other well, and 
and next, I would love to see us bring in Miles Jack. I know Bobby Wagner is 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 the coveted uh, linebacker out there, and boy, would I love to see that dude in the silver and black. But I think Miles Jack would fit in quite nicely, especially with a more of an amoeba attacking style of defense. Yeah, you mentioned that amoeba styling attacking defense. The problem with the Raider linebacking core that they brought out last year. They were terrible against the pass. They just couldn't co- cover anybody. They couldn't cover Kelsey, who's been the biggest nemesis and nightmare all time. I'm not talking in this football. All-time Raider history dating back to the 60s that Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey's been a nightmare for the Raiders, and they face him twice a year, and he tears them up. And who's ever going to be here at the linebacking position, Graham's going to have to do a tremendous job at making sure that they put more pressure on Kelsey at the line of scrimmage and they have linebackers who can cover better because until that happens, Andy Reid's going to put Tyreek Hill in motion and he's going to be giving Tyreek Hill all these touches with Kelsey and the Raiders are going to have the same problem. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. But um, I, I think that, you know, <clears throat> Jack would be a good start. He's young. He's still athletic. I think he's still got something left. Uh, who knows what happened in Jacksonville? Probably happy to get a new start. I know I was happy to get my new beginnings here in Vegas. I'm sure he will, too. Anywhere he starts out, a new. Yep. Yeah, appreciate it. You know, that's what's going to happen with this team. Appreciate you going forward. There's a lot of new guys coming in. There was a, Look, there was a lot of turnover with Mike Mayock and John Gruden. There are a lot of players that are brought in. And this is a brand-new franchise in a brand-new market. And they set the tone by coming here, and they haven't had a losing season. They were 8-8, eight and eight, and then they won 10 games. Now they're bringing in a new football department that's going to try to make this sustainable long-term. Okay, it's not about winning 10 games. It's about winning a championship. And that's what all sports teams try to do. They don't want to go in and out, in and out, in and out. They want to be able to do what the Patriots did. Now, by no means am I suggesting that the Raiders in the short term are going to go out and do what the Patriots have done as they've been a dynasty. But going back to the previous coaching staff, that was really the plan when they came to Vegas, was to match up better with Kansas City and build a foundation with a powerful coach, such as Belichick, who had most of the control, which was Gruden and Belichick, and go in that direction. And it didn't work out. Now they're going to do it with the two leaders now that they have. Speaking of leaders, one of the best sports leaders in all of Las Vegas. We're always thrilled when we can talk to the president of the Aviators, Don Logan. And, Don, I feel like baseball not only is back, I'm excited to talk Aviators, and I'm really excited to get the news earlier today from Jim Gemma that it's the Pacific Coast League once again. How exciting are you for that news? You know, that I think uh, in, in the last couple of years, so many things have changed, and the uh, you know, the world got turned upside down and constants like the Pacific Coast League were one of the things that, you know, I, I thought it was a victim of just a real awkward time. And to have it back, it, it really is. a. It, it made me smile. Now, the new logo sucks, but I didn't have anything to do with that. So. <laughs> well, you have one of the best logos and color schemes in all of baseball there with the aviators. But John, I wanted to connect with you again because I love what's happening with the technology 
and how the utilization of the automated ball strike system and everything's happening here in Vegas. Walk me through your ballpark, the systems in place, why in Vegas, and what are you planning on doing to help Major League Baseball as they evolve? Well, it, it really it's the, uh, it is the, the Pacific Coast League was chosen uh, largely because a, uh, the franchises are all successful. We do have relatively new stadiums. Obviously, we have the newest stadium here, but uh, the technology was much more easily adapted to our facilities than some of the others, the older ballparks. And, you know, I, I think, you know, I mean, I am, I'm a, a, a purist. I mean, I'd like, mm-hmm. I don't like the DH and the national. I think that DH takes a lot of the strategy out of the game, takes the manager out of the game, takes the bullpen out of the game, you know, the bench players. I, mean, I think that there's a lot of, you know, just because watching a pitcher hit may not be the most fun thing to do, that the strategy that's involved late in games far su- supersedes the, the, what you gain by having an extra hitter. But that said, technology is a way, it's a part of our life now. And I think, you know, the, the, the league that's embraced it the, the best and the most is the NFL. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, you think about you think back through the years that Don Deckinger's call uh, that, that you know the in Kansas City, mm-hmm. you know, Jimmy Joyce blowing the perfect game uh, in Detroit, those kind of things can get fixed, and, and that what that does to the game is it it, it really gives people a comfort that uh, you know we're on top of it, we want to do things better, and again the NFL's embraced it, they've. They've been able to get calls right uh, that seemingly uh, looked like they were right to begin with, and then you take a, a closer look using technology, and, and, it, and it fixes it. And again, it balances the, the playing field. And the thing with baseball, and this has been—I've heard this for years, ever since they started putting the rectangle up on the screen in televised games—and a pitch is called a strike when it's outside the rectangle, or it's called a ball when it's inside. We, that the first people that hear about that are the, the participants, the, the hitter mm-hmm. and the pitcher. So you, it, it's been a, something that the fans were seeing on TV, the players knew was going on that are participating. And the ABS, <clears throat> I mean, it's just the right way to go about it. And, and hopefully it works. You know, we put, uh, there's eight cameras here now that have been installed around the rim of the, the stadium. Uh, it's, it's pretty simple, it, it sounds to me. And I'm no techno expert mm-hmm. but it sounds pretty simple it's a it's a bluetooth system where in 0.8 seconds so a little less than a second uh, it's going to say ball or strike uh, right into an earpiece in the home plate umpire's ear and he's going to uh, they when they've tested it out in uh, the Arizona Fall League it, it's worked out well to the point where people don't even realize that the the ABS is in play mm-hmm. and it's going to eliminate you know, a lot of doubt that uh, hitters may have or pitchers may have. It's probably it. You know, the the gold always speed up the game. Well, one of the things people don't realize is that we call it chirping, but there is constantly chirping going on from each dugout toward the umpire about balls and strikes every freaking game. So this alone will speed things up because they're going right. to know it, it's correct. So I'm I'm excited about that. I think it's. Uh, we, you know, we've got to come into the 21st century, and I'm glad uh, to be out on the front end of it, uh, you know, here with the, in Vegas and with our colleagues in the PCL. So it'll, it'll be good. 
Don Logan's our guest, the president of the Aviators. This is massive because, as you're saying, if they get it right, and they have already, but this is a bigger stage, and it's happening in your ballpark, that this will be the wave of the future, and generations to come will no longer have to wait for that correct call. And the technology, if it works, younger fans will embrace it. And, Don, I'm like you. I'm more of a purist. I don't have to speed up a game. When I come to an aviator game, I want to sit there and enjoy it. I'm not wondering if it's going to be three hours or four hours like a Yankee-Red Sox game. I'm there to enjoy the fresh air and be outside and be with my family. But uh, what can you say about all the people that are scared about baseball going forward? And they want to make too many changes because they're afraid that the young fans, younger than the millennials, are not going to be gravitating to baseball if the game isn't faster. And you're at the forefront of this with the technology we just talked about. Well, again, I think it's like anything else. It is what it is. Uh, you get, mm-hmm. you know, you get in a car and you're going to drive from here to Dodger Stadium, and I've done that many times. Uh, you have a good traffic day. You can, you could leave Cashman Field parking lot and be in Dodger Stadium parking lot right at five hours if you don't get hung up on the the 110 or the 10 going in. Mm-hmm. And then you can get hit some rough traffic, hit a, an accident out on the 15 between Barstow and Baker or anywhere else, and it can take seven or eight hours. You know, and things take time. I don't care what it is. And baseball, I, I will always argue with anybody that one of the things that's special about our game and one of the things that I think is really challenges this generation and this society now is instant gratification, instant information. It's great to have it, but you can't always have it. And baseball, we have no clock. It's, uh, it is what it is. It, you know, it, what it really does is it challenges the, the players. It challenges the pitchers and the, and the hitters to, you know, a pitcher gets locked in. You know, Greg always threw two-hour games. I mean, mm. from the yeah. minute he got in the big leagues all the way to the end. And he'd get it and throw it. He'd throw strikes. The guys that were facing him knew he was going to throw strikes. Uh, every, You know, it just, I think, understanding what, that the game takes time, that there isn't, you know, there's going to be a pitch clock, there's things like that, really isn't needed if uh, if players are paying attention but mm-hmm. I, I just think that uh, you know we can you can only do so much it's it's right. going to take time it's it is it is what it is and that's what's so beautiful about it. that's why it's endured for over 100 years that's why it's the oldest you know sport played in the United States at this level it, it's it certainly has worked for this long and this generation will figure it out if they're as smart as they are and as educated as they are and as tech savvy as they are, they're, they're not, uh, they're, they're not keeping up with a lot of things that you would think would be obvious to them. Don Logan, president of the aviators. Don, as we wrap this up for everybody who's listening, streaming us all over the country on top of our local audience, tell everybody why they should be buying tickets coming out to the ballpark. The excitement of the technology alone is going to blow me away as I come there with my kids and my wife and we get a chance to see you. Why is it a better time than ever to pick up aviator tickets and come out to the ballpark? Again, I just think that that minor league baseball is really special. We have a a greater connection to the fans. Uh, This ballpark is the the finest in the country at any level, but the proximity to the field, the, you know, the, again, we've got the, the best scoreboard. We've got the best sound system. We've got the best food and beverage offerings. We've got free parking. We've got tons of things to do before and after the game across the street in downtown Summerlin. There's, 
there's so many reasons why this is a great place to come. It, 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 it makes sense for people to want to come here. And I don't know if you've seen that, you know, the, the A's are uh, in the process now of, uh, look, they're doing a rebuild. So they they got rid of Matt Olson and Matt Chapman in the last three days, and we got eight players. It was an eight for two, and uh, most of those eight are probably going to be here. Most of those eight are, are high-level prospects. Mm-hmm. So you're really going to get to see some of the stars of tomorrow today out here. And from a baseball perspective, you know, as in this town, people that are going to that like to wager on on baseball, you can come and get a sense of what kind of player some of these guys are before. And you can bet on them here, obviously, but you'll see what they're like before they get to the big league. So it, it's just a very special part of uh, America. It's a you know, it's it's the it's something that's foundational and. Uh, any community that has minor league baseball and then has major league baseball, we're lucky to have it. And, you know, thankfully the, the labor issues behind us and we need to get back to, to enjoying the game. And, and I really hope uh, that everybody's able to do that. I, you know, we, we look forward to the coming season because uh, you know, interest is, is, is very high and uh, we can't wait to let it rip on the 5th of April. Thank you, Don. I'll be out there often. Really appreciate your time. Good to catch Hi, up Dave. with you. Take care, bud. See you. You got it. There he is, Don Logan. For those listening outside the market, uh, Don Logan is a really big part of the culture of Vegas, uh, respected by everybody, from casino operators to sports executives. And, you know, we have him on a few times a year. We had him scheduled on Monday. Uh, This Raider news hit today, but there's no way I'm moving Don Logan. That guy's royalty in this town. And this ballpark's incredible. So they're going to change technology, and you know when they change it. Instant replay in football. They're never going back, right? They're going to change rules in sports for the better. So what's happening here in Las Vegas at the Las Vegas ballpark is they're going to use the technology for the strike zone. And he says it's going to be .8 seconds, and they're going to get balls and strikes correct. That's what Major League Baseball is going to look like for the rest of your lives. So the umpire will no longer call balls and strikes in the future of baseball, dating back to Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb, Walter Johnson. Everybody going forward, in my opinion, will see this technology in use, and it will take less than a second for the umpire to say, it's going to be told in his ear, ball, strike. And he'll make the decision. And what Don told me, which was really interesting, he told us, it's going to cut down on the chirping which delays the game when an umpire has to stop after a pitch and look at the dugout and say something and the other dugout doesn't appreciate it, that's going to cut down on the time of a game. And you got to get balls and strikes right. You have to. We know what a home run is. We know what a foul ball is. But balls and strikes are the big issue, and it's going to happen in our ballpark here in the community. And if you're listening and you're in the Bay Area, Los Angeles, anywhere back east, and you haven't been to this ballpark, It's mind-blowing. It's that good. It's the best in all of baseball. It's right here. As Ed Graney would say on the mean streets of Summerlin, my neighbor, we get a chance to go to these games. All right, we got some calls to get to. We'll put a bow on this show today where the Raiders made a lot of news. Chandler Jones is a Raider. Rock Yassin, the cornerback, is a Raider. And maybe another one or two by the end of the day, you get the team coverage you need right here on the flagship of the Las Vegas Raiders. This is a two-part situation. First, colleague Tom Pelissero told us that Chandler Jones is headed to the Raiders. 
Now I am told Yannick Ngakwe, the standout pass rusher for the Las Vegas Raiders, is going to the Indianapolis Colts in a deal that includes cornerback Rock Yassin. Do not yet have the full and final terms here, but this is what we know. The Raiders have a new standout pass rusher, someone, of course, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler know from their time in New England, they have loved Chandler Jones. They think he's going to be a huge, have a huge impact on their defense. And Yannick Ngakwe, who had a huge impact on the Raiders' defense last year under Gus Bradley, now goes to the Indianapolis Colts to play for their new defensive coordinator. Wait for it, Gus Bradley. Gus Bradley. Yeah, Gus Bradley's getting a few former Raiders. And Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler are getting back one of their great players in Chandler Jones. JT, as we wrap it up, thanks for listening today, everybody. We are rolling through some good news. A lot of optimism with the Raiders' activity today. We say goodbye to Carl Nassib. Once a Raider, always a Raider. And one of my favorites, Yannick Ngakwe. We wish him well as he goes to Indy. He's a hell of a player. And he loved being here. Loved being here. Uh, that's the business side of this game. It's just tough. Coaches leave. A lot of good friends of mine who were coaches last year are gone. New coaches coming in. And that's the business cycle that we're in with the Raiders as the Raiders look to upgrade and try to get better here. 702-365-9200. Marcus in Colorado. You're up next. Thanks for waiting. Thank you, JT. I would. I just wanted to know what you know about this Darius Phillips and if he might be a decent return man because I feel like that's what we've been missing for for quite a while. And yeah. Um, I also, yeah, that's why I was brought in. That's why I was brought in to play slot corner, uh, be a reserve corner if a starter goes down and priced right and clearly going to play on special teams. I would assume coverage. And return, but mostly return here. So when we get to know more about the player and they, and they talk to him and he's introduced, we'll find out all right here for you on the flagship. I love that. I love that. And I love the idea of uh, bolstering our D-line in Glockway. I loved in Glockway, but I think Jones is going to be an improvement. And we picked up a cornerback. So life is good. Like I say, like I like to say, life is good, Raider Nation. Thank yeah, you, I thought it, Yeah, I appreciate the call. I thought it was very important that they got a corner in Rock Yassin, who can play and has had a track record in this league with the number of starts recently and has proven to be a very good player. I, I've been watching on social media. A lot of Colts fans are upset that they got rid of him. They wanted to keep him there. They thought he was a building block, but they get Yannick Ngakwe. And a lot of people on NFL networks thinks it's one. When you hear people say it's a win-win for both teams, you don't. sometimes I don't get that. What do you mean it's a win-win? Someone got the better end of the deal. But we won't know for a while. For Yannick Ngakwe, this is his fifth team in five years. I mean, he moves around a lot. He moves around a lot. And I think it's a pretty big deal. And it's unfortunate. I thought he'd be here a couple of years. But Chandler Jones is clearly better than Yannick Ngakwe. There's no debate there. No debate. One's a Hall of Famer, potential Hall of Famer. The other is not. That's all you need to know. When he's coming in with the Raiders, he's got to be healthy and has to play for multiple years under this contract of over $50 million. Very important that he is available. This guy cannot be in the training room, and looks like he's completely healthy and ready to roll. Brazy in Vegas, you're up next right here. How are you? I'm good, JT. Yeah, I'm with you. The, it's an upgrade, right? You go to PFF, and Yannick's like a, a 50, and uh, Chandler's uh, over 70. And Unique, he just wasn't very good against the run. I saw him on roller skates too many times. They would run to his side, 
So I'm excited about that. But Raider Nation, our defense got better today. Not only with Chandler Jones, but we got a true number one quarterback in Rockies. And you said the PFF earlier, number five against press coverage, 20 overall. We got a true number one corner. So we got better today. And, you know, I, I do appreciate Unique. He, he, he wanted to be a Raider, and that's what you want. You want the players coming here. And then with uh, – with the other DN, Nassib, you know, that that's kind of an emotional contract. I think that that was a problem with Gruden. He he would give emotional contracts, and I think we're getting more back to when Reggie was here. It's, it's going to be business contracts, right? And some of the contracts Reggie did are the players you picked just didn't work out. But I'm excited today. We got better. We got we got a solid defensive end who hopefully is better against the run. The numbers say he is. And then we got a true number one corner. So we're getting started. So I'm really excited about today. Yeah, I'm excited, too. I think it's a good time to get excited heading into St. Patrick's Day and the opportunity to celebrate here and everybody getting the good weather going and the Raiders added to their roster with some really good players that I think are going to be cornerstones. And Chandler Jones, I'm expecting two great seasons out of him. Rocky is seeing I'm excited to see more and more film on him when the Raiders put it out on social media. And Stephon Gilmore and the players that are still available. At this Free agency. You got a couple of days to legally tamper and go after players and make make deals until they become official. But then, when those players who are still not official and they haven't been signed are out there, that means the market is dropping. And the market dropping is good news for Dave Ziegler, as he can jump in and go after those players at a cheaper price than it would have been on Monday. So that's what I expect to see, and it's going to be interesting. Big trades out there between Washington and Indy, Indy and the Raiders. Teams are making statements today, and it'll be great to see how this looks and shakes out for the Raiders later on this week. I know Q's got a big show along with Vinny coming up. Keep listening to the flagship. Uh, Thanks to all of our partners who give us the ability to be on the radio every day. Have a great night, everyone.